Good morning, good morning everyone. Breakfast today is sponsored by Robert Yadgarov in honor of the Kahal. I'm wishing the entire Kahal Hatzlacha. So not only do you get the, the breakfast, you also got a blessing. It's like dinner in a show. Breakfast in, also is sponsored in memory of Albertine Inya Alava Shalom. Lilu Nishmat Khatun Batrina Alea Shalom, sponsored by Leah and Frida and Freddie Ini. As well, sponsored by Shilomo Suisa in honor of Ariel Simon Maman and uh, Sami Sutton. Hazaku Baruch. Rabutai, uh, in this week's parasha, last week we had Vayibayom Hashemini, and it was on the eighth day. And this week we have also Ubayom Hashemini. Last week was the eighth day celebrating the. Uh, the, fin- the, f- the final uh, uh, putting up of the Mishkan. And this week we also have something on the eighth day. And on the eighth day, uh, in this scenario, what we're experiencing is the obligation that a person has, the Misvah, and the privilege that a person has to join in the covenant between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people, the Brit be- between Abraham and, uh, and God, where uh, uh, each person, as they get this Brit Milah, they are a part of, they become part of this uh, relationship between them and HaKadosh Baruch Hu become, becoming a full part and, and parcel and member of the Jewish people. Now I just want to point out a few different beautiful elements on the Brit Milah. There's a very special prayer that we say on the morning of the Brit Milah. We say, Kishem la Brit, just as you entered into the Brit, into this covenant with God, you did the circumcision, also so too you should enter into Torah, Chupa, Ma'asim Tovim. So what is this exact? It's a very strange thing. We don't say, you know, when you do Shiluach HaKen, Kishem Sheshalachta Ken, Ken, also you should do, the same way you did Shiluach, you sent away the mother bird, also you should do, Kishem Sheshamarta Shabbat, Kachi Kanes LePesach, LeSukot, Hanukkah. We don't say that. So what is it about Brit Milah that makes us wish the baby this very interesting and special haftacha, uh, this special thing. Just as you entered into the Brit, so too should you enter into Torah Chupa Ma'asim Tovim. So the Hatam Sofer brings a very interesting idea, and there's many answers to this question. But the Hatam Sofer brings a very special answer to this question. He says that with most misvot that a person does, a person can do the mitzvah and can go through the deeds. But actually, the, the plane upon which the mitzvah is most powerful is not in the realm of asiyah, of, the, of your hands, of your feet. It's not in the realm of the deed. The most powerful element of the mitzvah is in a person's mind and in their heart. Think about it. Let's say I, by mistake, right, I'm sleeping in the middle of, I'm out cold, and I roll over in my bed, and I'm, you know, heke with my arms, and my arm hits a nest, and the mother flies away, and now I did shiluach hakan. How much sikha do you think I'm going to get in olam haba for that thing that happened while I was sleeping? Very little. You know why? Because although physically I did the deed, there was no intention within my head or in my heart to fulfill the mitzvah. There was no thought. There was no connection between me and God. There was no uh, uh, subjugation of my will to the will uh, of heaven. It was just something that I did. In the words of the Gemara, it says, It's like the deed of a monkey. A monkey is grabbing this, grabbing that, eating this banana, you know, mimicking the things that other people do. So therefore, um, the realm of a mitzvah predominantly, although it needs to be done in the world of action with your hands, you know, with your mouth, but where does it, where does it resonate the strongest? In the world of thought and in the world of emotion. Which mitzvah? 
does a person do where they have almost zero control in the realm of emotion and zero control in the realm of thought? Brit Milah. Why? It's done to him. He's eight days old. He, nobody asks his, his opinion. They didn't ask if he likes it today or tomorrow. Should he have it on the eighth day or the ninth day? We do a Brit Milah as early as we can in the morning. Because we love the mitzvah. Did the baby say, you know what, I'd rather get this over with. Can we go to the first minyan? No, it doesn't happen, right? So there's no, there's no inner turmoil for the baby. There's also no thoughts in the baby's heart. You know what, they're going to all applaud me afterwards. Everyone's going to be very happy with me. He's not doing it for honor or for ego. So the purest in many ways, the purest mitzvah that can happen to a person is the mitzvah of Brit Milah. Because he can't have any negative thoughts or thoughts of honor or thoughts of grandeur or mimicking. It's just simply done so to speak to him. Says the Hatam Sofer, we wish a person when he's done a mitzvah on that level um, that all the mitzvot that he does can yikanes the Torah chupal ma'azim tovim. The Sefer Otsar Margaliot says an amazing addendum to this idea. He says if you look as well with regards to the way a person does a brit milah kishem shenichnas lebrit I want, to I want you to imagine if I told you, I have a guy, a mohel, um, he, he learned all of the halachot. He doesn't really know much, he doesn't have that much experience, you know. So your baby is going to be the first one he's going he's gonna to cut, you know. So could you, <laughs> could you imagine, I tell you, the guy says, no, thank you. You know, let him go practice on someone else's baby. I'm not all that interested. How about if I told you, look, you know, the other mohel takes 500. I'm going to speak to this guy, I'm going to get it to you for 450. What do you think? 10% off? You're going to go for the guy that has no experience? No, of course not. How about you hear a guy, you know what? Usually, <laughs> he usually does a good job. You're going to go for the guy? Of course not. Of course not. Why? Why? Because you're so afraid of what's going to happen if he messes up. Says the Osir Magaliot, Kishem Shinichnas Labrit, the same way you approach a Brit, Yikanes Labrit. You approach a Brit, you think, oh my gosh. This is not about the money. I need to do this right. I need to get the right person. Today we have an epidemic. You have teachers that are being paid not enough money to live. So what happens? The school try to raise a little bit more money. They give them a little bit of a bonus. What happens? Ultimately, bottom line, no matter how much you're pouring into this enormous pit, it's never going to because there's you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of teachers. And it's an it's a expense that keeps on carrying on. So what is someone supposed to do? Effectively, you're telling the te people who are the smartest people in society, you know, don't become teachers. You're never going to be able to make a good living. So, you know the phrase, if you can't do, teach, you know? So sometimes you wind up with people in the classroom, Hazit, they can't do anything else. Is that the people we want teaching our children? Is that the people we want educating and inspiring our children for the rest of their lives? You didn't want the second guy who was not experienced. You didn't want the guy that maybe he would succeed, maybe he wouldn't. Even though it was a discounted rate. We need to take care of our teachers, Rabotai, in order that it should be a viable option for people that are going into the workforce that are bright, that are smart, that if they are capable of teaching, whether it's in secular studies or in Jewish studies, that we're getting the best of the best. I have someone once, he said to me, I'm looking for someone very good for my, uh, for my child. I said, what's, can you tell me, like, what do you look, what's important? He says, I want someone to support my son in Kolel. I said, can I just ask you one question? He said, yeah. 
I said, what do you think the premium, the most important thing to a guy in Kolel is? What do you think most? He says, it's important that his life should be about Torah. I said, so the most important thing is his life should be about Torah, not about money. He says, yes. I said, and the first thing you asked me, when I asked you what would qualify for the wife for your husband was money. He turned for a second a couple shades of red. He says, no, I mean, I this, I that, I this, I that. I said, I understand that if someone wants to learn Torah, they need to be supported. I even understand if that's on the list. But that that should be first on the list? Dachilak. You came to the Brit, you didn't spare any expense. So think to yourself, now I'm going to go marry my son off to somebody. I shouldn't be swayed by the fact that I'm going to save an extra couple of dollars on making the wedding. That they're going to split the wedding with me halfway. That they're going to support this amount, I'm going to support this amount. Understand that this is the result. The child's going to need to live with this the rest of his life. The same way with you wouldn't choose a mohel, it's going to mess that up. Don't choose a teacher who's going to mess that up. Don't choose a, a, a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law who's going to mess that up just for the sake of a couple of dollars, Rabotai. Finally, I want to add one last part to this idea. We know that um, the, uh, the obligation of a woman, a woman does not have an obligation to have a brit milah. And it's always struck me as a very strange thing. How could it be that there's a mitzvah which is so much a part of the fabric of what it means to be a Jew, so much so that it's called an ot, it's called a sign, right? This sign, this obligation uh, is, is what uh, allows a person to enter into the Jewish, into the annals of Jewish history. If that's the case, how could it be that 50% of the population is excluded from that? You know what, make another mitzvah an ot, like make candle lighting ot. You know, what? Well, how is it fair that a woman gets cut out? Tifilin, I understand, because it's a mitzvah asiyah. But ot is like a mark on the flesh, so to speak. Now, I'm not advocating that women should have brit milah. That's not, you know, we're not going to your FGM here. That's not the point here, Rabotai. What I'm asking is, how could it be that, there's, that a woman is excluded from brit milah, from having this connection? And the Katav Sofer writes something fascinating. He says, the pasuk says, Ishaki tazriya. If a woman will uh, experience, she will, uh, she will, uh, she'll uh, be, uh, 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 she'll get pregnant from from uh, from her husband. Viyaleda zachar, and she will give birth to a zachar. What do you zachar? You know, God forbid, if you ever have a baby, not God forbid you have a baby. God forbid if you ever have a baby, you should say, "And I had a baby." If you want to say that, make sure that all the people in the room that you that are there when you say that are men. If ever you say the words, I had a baby, and there's one woman in the room, even if that woman is not the mother of your child, you're going to get very bad looks. Because you had, you had the baby? You, you were watching me have the baby. You almost passed out when I was the one going through it. Right? And they're right. Viyaleda zachar means it's attributed. Having the baby is attributed to her. The Gemara actually gives a, a whole other reason, saying that a certain element of the way a husband and wife are together results in the baby, the baby being a boy. But that, that's not for me the point here. The Yaleda Zachar says the Kitab Sofer is that you know where a woman achieves the, the mitzvah of uh, Brit Milah? By, by being the one that has the baby boy. So when the baby boy has a Brit, the mother is accruing in her Hezbon, along with all of her other mitzvot, Brit Milah. When the mother has a child who then puts on tefillin, the mother then is accruing the mitzvah of tefillin. 
A boy asked me once, he says, my mother is not feeling well. What should I do? Should I say Tehillim? I said, no. He said, what should I do? I said, put Tehillim on every day. He said, what does that have to do with my mother? He thought only Tehillim goes for his mother. I said, well, only Tehillim, crazy? The reason why Tehillim goes for your mother is because you said a prayer for her. But all the mitzvot that you do, every mitzvah that you do, is, it goes into her bank account. She made that possible. So when a person uh, is trying to achieve these monumental things, Torah also is an obligation that doesn't fall on women. Women don't have an obligation to learn Torah. The mitzvah to get married is on whom? On the man. Why? Because he has a hayuv of pirurvu. So we say, we say in the, in the presence of the mother who doesn't have the mitzvah of Brit Milah, doesn't have the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, doesn't have the mitzvah of getting married. The mitzvah is on the man because he has an obligation of Purvu. She also achieves the mitzvah but doesn't have the hayuv. So therefore we say, so too as you've uh, given your mother this tremendous zikhud on this day, you should also, for the sake of your mother, uh, give her, if, after she put in all that effort into giving birth to you and raising you and feeding you, etc., etc., and the mother is the one that creates the home, whether she has a career or not, so in such, uh, uh, with such dedication, can ye kanes le Torah, ulu chupa, Hashem, ulu ma'asim tovim, baruch al-nai le'olam,